So hey guys, we have a new podcast. This is going to be an awesome one. This is going to be with Instagram's HVAC Jess. Uh, we're going to get Jess's story and find out what she's about and talk about women in HVAC and women in blue collar and empowerment and all sorts of cool things. Of course, I've got some amazing um, sponsors. I want to thank Subco and their Subco Trade Fox program. You can check them out at subco.com. That is tools invented by techs for techs. And again, that's subco.com. I want to thank Mike over at Cool Air Products and the amazing jet gun. Uh, they have some great stuff. That power washer, I love that jet gun power washer. It's great. And you can find out all about the jet gun at coolairproducts.net. I'm also a big advocate, as well as Jess is, about training. And that is Interplay Learning, the best in digital online training platform. You can find out more about Interplay Learning at interplaylearning.com. Uh, also, Ken Ponder and the guys over at Choice Refrigerants, they're making the best R22 uh, drop-in refrigerant. There's a lot of companies out there and a lot of equipment out there that's R22, and clients just don't have the money to retrofit or replace equipment. Um, and so they'll be like, you know, what can I do to get away from R22? Well, that's where R421A comes in handy, and you can check them out at choicerefrigerants.com. And my newest sponsor is Police Security Lights. They make the more flashlight. They've got some awesome flashlights that are rechargeable with a USB connector. And you can find them at policesecurity.com. So I've been watching Jess for some time from the sidelines. Um, she came onto social media out of nowhere, which was kind of cool. She has become a powerhouse and um, a, not a leader, but somebody well-respected uh, within the HVAC, the women in HVAC community, especially women in uh, blue collar, women in HVAC, uh, she has got a great voice and she has got a ton of uh, energy just packed into her and she's up in British Columbia and we want to welcome HVAC Jess. Hello, hello. Wow, thank you so much, Mike. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that was a buildup, huh? That was quite an intro. What an intro. So you've been, you showed up maybe what, like a year ago, I think, or less About than a year, a year ago. ago. Yes, I, I watch my Instagram pretty pretty closely, and in January of 2020, when I really first started, was um, I had less than 1,000 followers, and this week I just celebrated 6,000, so Hooray. I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome, and followers are big because... We both know that when people are following, that means that there's a message that resonates, that people like. Like, people are watching you, and they're like, you know what, I like what this lady's about. She's got something that's different. Are you finding that to be true? I I am, yes. And the community that, that is being built around me is it's so awesome. I find the people on Instagram are just so encouraging and supporting and welcoming and it's it's the best so let's go back a little bit because i do it to everybody because i want to I, I like people stories that's why i interview people you rarely find companies on the phone on my podcast i like to talk about people how did you get into the trade because i know your family is in the trade is that the reason you got into it or was it you've always been fascinated by it or were you thinking of doing something else well, this is actually a second career for me. I am 37 years old, and I, I'm about three years into my HVAC career. 
I wish I could say that I've always been interested in, in it. My dad was an apprentice for his dad back in the 70s. So my brother and I are technically third-generation HVAC contractors, which is kind of a cool story. But the trades were never offered to me as an option, as a career option at all, even though my dad, I'd grown up seeing my dad in, in HVAC. My brother went into HVAC right off to high school, so he followed my dad's footsteps naturally. But it was always expected that I would go to university and get an office job, which is exactly what I did. I, uh, I worked in a downtown financial office. I had it made. I was wearing fancy dresses and shoes and doing fancy hairstyles every day. The office that I worked in was beautiful. We had a pool table and uh, a wine fridge. I mean, what more could I want? But I don't know, there was just something that wasn't fulfilling for me. I spent about 10 years in, in a corporate office on, um, environment, always feeling some kind of nagging unfulfillment. I was really, really lucky to go on a two-month Europe trip with my husband for our, our honeymoon. And he was able to get a, a leave of absence from his job, and I quit my job. And I decided that I wasn't going to go back to an office. My brother was actually the one who brought me on to Camcool. That's our little family business. But again, naturally, I went into the office of Camcool. And I spent about nine months shuffling paperwork, filling in invoices and, and quotes that I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea the difference between, you know, a compressor and a contactor and a capillary tube. And, a, you know, they're very, very different things. But I had no idea what they were. And so I asked my dad and my brother one day if I could go out in the field with them just to kind of see what they did on a daily basis. Because they would come home or they would come back to the office with all these stories about, you know, these cool places that they went to, these rooftops that they were on. And I'm like, why can't I go out there and do that too? So it started off with me just wanting to know the lingo. I wanted to just have a better understanding on the invoices I was sending out and the quotes I was doing. And I found that I wanted to spend more time in the field than I was in the office. It was just exciting. So let's, let's go back a little bit, even further yeah. back. You said some things that really caught my, my, my ear. You're a third generation. Uh, that yeah. meant that Grandpa started in it. Um, what, what type of technician was your grandfather? Was he a boiler? Was he refrigeration? Because you live in British Columbia. Um, yeah. What type of technician was he? Well, I'll actually go back a little bit before that because mm. we um, were from South Africa. Oh. So we moved, yeah, we moved to Canada in November of the year 2000. So there's that. So, um, so my dad was an apprentice back mm. in South Africa, and his dad, I don't actually know, I think he was a, a boiler mechanic. And then my dad specializes in refrigeration specifically. So that's and where, then when moved, so then dad, dad learned refrigeration then really much on his own. Like I'm sure grandpa was an influence, but if, since he was doing boilers and, and steam heat and things like that, cause air conditioning wasn't real big, you know, probably in the 1950s. And then, right. and then he was doing boilers and then dad decided to do refrigeration. It's almost self-taught or did he go to school? Yeah. He, you know what, I'm not actually sure how his apprenticeship worked in the 70s, 
Um, I just know that he worked for his dad for a number of years, and then he moved out to a very small town um, in the province of KwaZulu-Natal, and he opened up his own business. And he was working for one of the, the local refrigeration companies there, and then he branched off to his own company. Um, yeah. And then the decision was made to move from South Africa to Canada, and they started a refrigeration HVAC business here, correct? Yes. Well, my dad had to get his qualifications up. He had to earn his, his red seal in Canada because whatever his qualification was in South Africa, um, we, we just had to convert it to Canadian. And there was also, um, we don't do heating in, well, not a whole lot of home heating in South Africa, uh, but we did have to learn that here in, in Canada. Um, so yeah, so he started his own business after spending about a year with a local company here in, in BC, mm-hmm. um, and he he knew he he's got a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, so he decided to open his own ca- company, Cam Cool Refrigeration, and that was almost twenty years ago. Wow. Is is Grandpa still with you? No, unfortunately, I have no grandparents left. Oh, I'm so sad. For, sorry for your loss. Um, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you are, so I get that. Yeah, um, it happens. It's life. It's life. And <laughs> when Dad came here and he started CamCool, um, the family probably revolved around the business. And so, like you said earlier, the thought was that you were going to go to college. When the decision was made and you looked at your dad and said, I... I am not cut out for this high-profile executive job. I want to work for the company, and I want to go into the field. What was that like? What did Dad say? What was the mood in the office? Well, my dad, my dad has been pretty supportive in this whole thing. I, I, I get the impression that he didn't take me seriously in the beginning. Like, of course you can do it. But I don't think he actually thought that I would follow through. <laughs> my my mom's reaction was, what is your husband going to think? And I was like, well, it doesn't really matter what he thinks. It's me going out and doing this job every day. So, And my husband's been completely supportive in this whole journey of mine. He says, you know, whatever makes me happy and and fulfilled, that he wants me to do that. And he knows, like, <laughs> if I haven't been at work for a few days... I start getting really antsy, and I just, I've got a lot of energy, and, and, yeah. So what does that, (laughs) what does your husband do for a living? Uh, Jamie is actually a warehouse manager for a local rigging company. They Mm -hmm. supply um, equipment and labor, actually, for shows, exhibits, concerts, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So their, their industry was really affected by COVID last year. Yeah, the, like, the trade yeah, shows stopped and all that. Was that company in Vegas, the Freedmen or something like that, where they're just mm-hmm. they're worldwide? They just do nothing but trade shows and stuff and concerts and yeah, just COVID just really impacted that business. Absolutely, yeah. So he's so in he's, the blue so he's collar. He's not in the too. trades at all, but he's he's definitely yeah he's definitely in the blue collar trade, uh, blue collar industry. But mm-hmm. he's uh, he's not an actual trades person per se. So you're you're going forward, your husband's supportive, mom and dad is supportive, you quit your job. Did you go in the office at first? Like you said, you were in the office at first, but then you were getting this antsiness to get out in the field and work with your hands and stuff. 
Was your dad and family supportive of that, and they were, or were they saying that we really need you in the office? They they were mostly supportive, and they said if if I can get both done because I am responsible for the bookkeeping. We have a very very small family. It's just I mean business. It's just the three of us, and so. When I'm not in the field, I am doing the bookkeeping and the marketing and the networking and all of that stuff. And I said to them, I can do both. And they said, if you can do both, then then let's do it. And I feel very fortunate and grateful for my little family business that I usually take Wednesdays off of the tools and I use that to do Toastmasters and I get my admin stuff done, my bookkeeping and all of that stuff done. So I'm basically on the tools four days a week and then in the office for one day. And I feel like I get the best of all worlds, especially when, especially before COVID times, I would go to networking meetings and I would be able to still dress up in the shoes and the the dresses that I used to wear. So I've got the best of both worlds. Is, is mom involved in the business? Uh, Not at all. No. Wow. She used to, uh, she used to be the bookkeeper as well, but over the years, um, she has not really been involved with it, no. When you when you decided to go into the trade part of it, you signed up for school, and the other day you did an Instagram live, and you were, and and I was there with you. I was watching it. You popped up on my Instagram, and I was like watching your live, and you were talking about I'm confused about the refrigeration cycle and all of that. Has school <laughs> been hard for you? Or have you been leaning back on your brother and dad and saying, I need help? Been, or, or are they helping I, you at all? No, not really with school. When, when we're in the field, definitely they'll teach me things, especially if I ask questions. The tricky thing with my dad and my brother is that they've been working together for so long, just themselves together, that sometimes they don't even really need to communicate with words. And so that's very frustrating and difficult for me to learn because I'm like, take me through your thought process. You know, my brother, he's already handing my dad a tool because he can anticipate what he needs. Mm-hmm. And I need to know, I need to hear that. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that's been a little bit tough. But for school, trade school, I've kind of been doing it all on my own. Um, I have this, I don't know, this feeling that I need to to excel and do super, super well and, you know, prove myself. And so far it's going quite well. I have found trade school to be difficult only because I've got that need to be perfect uh, on myself. So, um, so, yeah, I'm finding it difficult because I want to do really well. Um, I, I keep saying while I'm in school, I keep saying that forever, whoever thinks that going into the trades or the blue-collar industry is taking the easy way out, is completely wrong. They haven't gone through trade school. They have no idea. Well, the trade school in Canada is a much different than the States. And I'm always amazed when I talk to people in Canada about all the different licensing and, and the red seal and your gas licenses. And it's, it's crazy what goes on. If you come to Arizona, you basically need a driver's license and that's it. You're in a refrigerant car. Like we don't require anything, any testing, any schooling, anything. But, you're going through it, and at the same time, something happens, and that is women around you and that are watching you, you're empowering. Like, you're, you are different than 
other women in the trade because you were in a cushy office job that you probably, if you wouldn't have changed, you would have been extremely successful. And now you're in a trade position where you're empowering women of all ages that you can do this. It's true. It's true. You can't. They can do this. And I really believe, which is why I'm pushing so hard on Instagram, I post a lot, maybe too too much. But it's to show that I'm just a regular old person doing this amazing, exciting, interesting, challenging career. And I'm positive that if I can get in front of girls, young, young girls, to just show them, here's this great quote, and it's, um, you can't be what you can't see, right? So the more I put myself out there and encourage others to put themselves out there, other girls are going to see this. And Mike, I already get messages from people on Instagram, and they say, you know, oh, my, my daughter saw this that you were doing the other day, and she, she's excited to learn more. Or, and it just, it just fires me up that I can be making those changes out there in the world, just by being myself. But yourself is, so you, you look at it as being yourself and, and you, and you see yourself in the mirror every day and you go, I'm just Jess. Mm -hmm. We don't see you that way. We see you as, I don't, I don't know about everybody else. I see you as funny, um, smart, empowering, uh, driven, um, that you have the ability to really change the way that women and young women or women of all ages, let's say that you have the ability to change them to say, you know what, there is a career out there. Like you don't have to be a, you know, a 250 pound man to pull a compressor on the roof. Like I can show you the ways that I can do it and we can do it together. So, you know, is there something that you would tell women or is there something or, or are there things that we're doing wrong? It's going to be a big question. My, my brain, you've got my brain <laughs> thinking. Is there a way that we can reach more women? Because I really believe women are, are the, the key to filling the skills gap. Yeah. What should we be doing? I would agree with you. I just think we just need more awareness because maybe I've had a very sheltered time experience but I haven't had any adversity or like oh you shouldn't be here because you're a girl or I haven't had anything like that I've most of the people that I go out and see in the field are excited they're interested oh you know good for you like they want to know more and I think that if we just raise awareness that these jobs are available to girls and they're encouraged even that they might consider it. And I'm not going to say that the trades are, are for everybody. They're not. They, they are for a certain type of person, both guys and girls. Um, if we could just show women that these jobs are available to them, that I think that maybe they would be more encouraged. They would, they would consider a, a career. Because right now I think people aren't even considering it. Your parents aren't considering it. They're not offering it to you. So you're not even thinking of it. So we need more people, more spokespeople like myself. And I'm so excited because we just launched Canadian Women in HVAC, a little organization here in Canada that we're going to advocate and, and support each other and just show each other that this, it's an option. And it's a good option. Is it that we should go 
Like, I've always felt we should be in front of, you know, maybe fifth and sixth graders and junior yeah, high. Yeah, young. You know, mm-hmm. and because it seems like always, and it was for me, and I don't know how it was for you, that we don't think about our careers until we're 16, 17, 18 years old, and somebody says, oh, what are you going to do when you get out of high school? And the normal answer is, I have no freaking idea. Um, I think it's almost that we need to go start, you know, fifth, sixth grade, junior high, high school, to have, (laughs) instead of having, along with having posters about the military, you know, and careers or things about careers in junior high and high schools, but also advertising for blue collar because the blue collar does no advertising right you find that to be true in canada yes absolutely but again i'm going back to that you can't be what you can't see Mm -hmm. so let's let's push it out there let's show people you know Mm -hmm. i think i think blue collar careers are being pushed a little bit more now in canada now because i think i think the government has kind of realized that there's there is a gap and it, it needs to be filled so there is a push for women in Canada in trades in Canada. I actually just posted this morning about um, grant, like an incentive grant, mm-hmm. where they, you know, you can apply for up to six thousand dollars as a woman in trades to get your expenses and your tuition covered. Mm-hmm. And I think the more we push that out, the more we send that message out. This is an option. This is this exists. This is there for you. Mm-hmm. That maybe more girls would actually know about it. So as you're as you're moving forward, you're becoming a spokesperson. Um, you're still in air conditioning school. You're getting your licenses. Mm-hmm. What are some of your difficulties in school? How, what are you struggling with? And that's an open question because I know what you're struggling with, <laughs> and <laughs> and it's still. I think it's good for other people to know what you're struggling with because they may look at it and say, "Oh my gosh, she's in the same." spot I am yeah for me the refrigeration cycle is a difficult thing to to grasp and I think it's because hmm, I think it's because my dad is still very very hands-on in the business in in, in our day-to-day like service calls and all that stuff I think I need more hands-on opportunities to troubleshoot and I think that that would actually help me with school, especially last or the week before when I was learning all the components and having a hard time with the refrigeration cycle. I think, honestly, more time in the field on the actual problems will help me at school. I, I have no problem with math and formulas and calculations and all that stuff. I'd really prefer to do that. Um, but it's just the understanding of each component and their intricacies and their differences and their similarities and all of that stuff. Well, would, hard. <laughs> well, what would, you know, if somebody's listening right now, you know, um, and they were in the same spot you are as far as the learning part of it, is there any advice you could give? Like, have you figured out the magic way of learning or are you still stuck? Because hmm. the reason I... I the reason I ask that is, is you did something on social media and you went out on Instagram live and we're going to go back to your live and mm-hmm. you basically blasted out to the whole world. I don't understand this and I need help. And you got like 20 answers, including mine about the way to think about a process. 
Absolutely. Does talking about that it was, help you and sharing help you? That was super helpful for me. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. If you if you can find somebody, and I don't. Well, I could probably find somebody. I'm sure my husband wouldn't mind listening to me, but I did it out to the world, out to Instagram. If you can find somebody to to try to teach the concept to the way that you understand it, I think you're going to learn a thousand times faster. But that's also, you know, I use Instagram like that. I, I'm, I'm not afraid of putting things out there. I, I like to say that, you know, I keep it real. And sometimes, sometimes it's not sunshine and rainbows. I post a lot of fun, exciting, hey, I did this today, but also it, it's, it's hard sometimes. And the job is frustrating and difficult and school is hard. And, and I think that we just have to be real with ourselves and each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have to paint this beautiful picture every time that we're on Instagram. Well, I think social people media has... People but Go ahead. Yeah, they don't relate with that. Well, I think people have a tendency to do that on, on social media. They put their very best out there, and mm-hmm. people think, oh, that guy does amazing work, or that lady is amazing. You know, she never makes a mistake, and they only put out the very best. Last year, I was spray painting in the wind. Um, I don't know if you saw this picture. I was spray painting yellow gas pipe in the wind for an inspector, and I didn't know it, but all the overspray blew back into my beard, and my beard was a bright yellow. And I did see that. <laughs> not only was it a bright yellow, but it was like hard plastic. It had dried in my beard, and I thought I was going to have to like cut my beard off and start fresh until a lady at Walmart said, uh, hmm, you know, I think WD-40 would work, and I bought a can of WD-40 and washed no my beard, and, oh, and it took the paint right out. But <laughs> it was such an embarrassing moment. I'm like, I'm going to post this because I want people to know I'm an idiot too. And I, <laughs> This happens. <laughs> this happens. Is there anything that's been in your time in the trade that's happened to where you're like, that was dumb. That was dumb, Jess. I'm never going to do that again. Oh, my goodness. Probably. Oh, my brother probably is a person to ask about that. <laughs> hmm. Oh, let me think. If there's anything. If not, it's not a big deal. That will just everybody oh. will say, oh, she's perfect. See, she can't even come up with anything. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, my goodness. I post my, my faux pas all the time. I, the, first, the only thing that can come to my mind is dealing with a ladder inside a, inside a place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. Just make sure you know where the back of the ladder is and the front as well because I've taken out a couple of things. I have to, I have to uh, use a ladder inside of a liquor store, mm-hmm. and it just freaks me out every time because I'm like, if I hit one single bottle. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're in school. Is there a lot of young ladies in school or or women who are doing job careers, job changes in school, or are you one of the only ones? In my class there's about eighteen people and two of us are ladies. And in my in my level one class last year, out of eighteen there were three of us. So there's definitely it seems to be at least one in, in each class. But Two out of eighteen people. Do you do you get any sense of um, hmm, like sh- like chauvinistic type of attitude from the men? Like, what are you doing no. here? Or has things changed so much now that nobody cares? Yeah, I don't think people care. I think, like I said before, I think it's more they're intrigued, they're interested. Like, oh, good for you, cool that you're here. Um, 
No, I think everyone has been, it's, it's all level. And, and it's funny, our teacher sometimes, he'll, he'll, he'll say like, hey guys, it's, and then he'll be like, oh no, I didn't mean guys, I mean people. <laughs> like, yeah, I understand what you're trying to say. That's how we, how we speak. But he'll, he'll try to make an effort. Like, hey guys, I mean, hey people, like, hey folks. <laughs> okay. Where do so. you want, where do you want your career to go? Is, is dad's desire to have you buy the business one day? Or you and your brother yes. run the business? Or what is what is your goal? That's a good question. That is a very, very good question. The intention, yes, was for my brother and myself to take over my dad's business. My dad just turned 65 last year, at the end of last year. So it's coming up to that time. But I don't know, Mike. I'm really enjoying this advocacy part. I want to I go and speak to people and raise awareness and... But at the same time, I want to be a Red Seal technician. I want to still be out there on the tools. So I don't, I don't know which direction I'm going to go. Does your brother I want to own? That, does your brother want to own the business? He does. He does. He's having some health troubles at the moment. He he broke his collarbone when he was about fourteen or fifteen years mm-hmm. old. He was riding a bicycle and broke his collarbone in a funny way. And it's now, 15 years later, starting to give him some serious trouble. Mm-hmm. And so that, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about our future with him having these troubles. So it's very hard to say at this point. But immediately, right now, the, the goal is to take over Dad's business first, and then we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I... You, things, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, these things just kind of happen naturally. They just take a natural course so we'll we'll see what it ends up being i think what you said earlier or just minutes ago not earlier but minutes ago about wanting to be an advocate i think that's important i think it's i think it's the reason why i still stay in the trade and i try to get out to get my tools and even though i don't use them that much it it keeps me relevant yeah and i think you know having you in the field and also being an advocate makes you relevant. It gives credibility. It it says this this woman knows exactly what we're going through on a day to day basis. So I would hope that you wouldn't get out of the trade, but you could maybe figure out a way to do both because young you you'll be a role model for young women to be able to yeah. say I can wrench and I can do this and I can run a business and I can do that. I know it's a lot to take on, but. I think you. I think you've got what it takes. Yeah. Well, I feel like even just my my situation at, at Cam Cool, where I can wear all the hats. Why not? Why not continue? I, I can do it. I certainly have the energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so bring it on. So you you're a tattoo lady. You like tattoos. You got a new one. Only um, recently. <laughs> yeah. Do you have more than that, or do you like ink? You like getting ink? Yeah, I, you know, I, I got my first tattoo last year, so I was 36 years old, Ooh. never, ever wanted a tattoo, and now I'm addicted. They, they say that it's an addiction, and I completely agree. Really? So four now. Really? And the intention is to have the entire left arm filled in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've got tattoos on my back, and I hate getting them. I'm not addicted to them. I can't stand the pain. <laughs> I'm a giant wuss. When I get them... <laughs> I usually have to put like a rag in my mouth or a towel in my mouth and bite <laughs> down on it because I do not like the process. 
when it's done well, and I look at the art, then I'm like, oh my God, that was so cool. But for two or three hours, or if it's a multiple setting, I'm not a yeah. happy camper. I don't like it. I, no, I <laughs> don't take, yeah, I do not like getting them. In fact, I cannot really sit for more than an hour if it's, my my Tinkerbell took three sittings, and it's not that big. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, not a not a paying girl for sure, but okay. it lasts for a very long time, and they're beautiful, so it's worth mm-hmm. it. You know, I I I talk about tattoos because I travel to trade schools, and I and I talk about interviewing skills and what service managers look for, and you know how to get a job. And tattoos yeah. always come up, and I always tell people that you know if you're going to get a tattoo, only go to the wrist and stop because. It's, when you go to an interview, nobody, some people may not want to see a sleeve, you know, your arm sleeved or something like that. Do you feel yeah. the same way or do you think the tattoos have finally become mainstream enough that people don't care? I think especially in the trades, they're mainstream and people don't care. I think they're, yeah, more of a, a talking point and I don't think that having art on your, on your arm or wherever you decide to have it is going to change your abilities and your your knowledge and skills but i really think it's become more of an accepted thing do you think it would hurt somebody if they said i wanted to move into a service manager role or do you again do you think that it's become so mainstream nobody cares i think it's it's become so mainstream but at the same time like it, it depends on how they carry themselves and present themselves in general regardless of the tattoos you know, you got to have certain skills to have those relationships. And I don't think tattoos have anything to do with, with those skills. Hmm. I really do think it's become more accepted and mainstream. I think, I think so. And it says me with four of them. <laughs> right. And you got one the other day, what, a, uh, a troll? Yeah, I did. What yeah. was, the, what was yeah. the reason for that? What was the reason for the troll? Trolls were my thing. I was not a Barbie girl. Growing up, mm-hmm. I had a collection of trolls. I had probably 50 of them. And a little bit obsessed. And I don't know, just a little bit of 90s nostalgia reminds me to have fun and be playful and young at heart. So do you still Plus collect the trolls? Do you still collect them? I do. I know. I don't have my collection anymore. I, oh, man, I wish I did. But I've moved many, many times in the last few years and just kind of lost them along the way. Well, Which is you, really bad. well, you people that are listening to this podcast, send the trolls you don't want to Jess. Get her address. <laughs> I, only want the, I only want the 90s ones. I don't want the, the new fancy, there's like uh, these new age ones. Not interested in those. Okay, so the, the one from the 90s, late 80s, 90s trolls, that's the yeah. one that she wants with the green hair and the purple hair. That's the one. <laughs> so if you have one, like just, you know, send them to Canada, send them up to British Columbia, and, and she'll find them and, and uh, you'll get them to Jess. <laughs> so stupid. The, you know what's going to happen is like you're going to start to get these envelopes and packages and be like, "What is this?" And you're going to be like, "Oh my god, Mike, make it stop! I can't take <laughs> any more." Do- <laughs> so dumb. Um, I love it. I love it. I've asked this question before, and we kind of spoke a little bit about it, but we I want to cover it a little bit more, and that is recruiting. I asked every person, um, HVAC tactical, I caught them off guard. Like how should we, you know, Ben Poole. And I've asked lots of people about recruiting. I know that we're not doing enough. I know that we need to go back to the schools, 
But from a public eye, what do we need to do to recruit more? Do you have an idea? Do you have the do you have something that you've been thinking about? You're like, hmm, I think we need to do this. Hmm. Nothing. Not nothing really? solid. I would say I would say what we're doing at this at the moment, uh, we need to be where the kids are. <laughs> so and I really think that that's gonna be some kind of social media presence. And I think we're doing a very good job at the moment. Although I feel like <laughs> We're really only talking to ourselves. We're talking to people that are already in the trade. You know, the, the community is growing, and we need to find out how to to incorporate younger people. And I just think putting ourselves out there, showing showing the world what we do on a daily basis, and that it's a lucrative and challenging and exciting career that it will hope, hopefully attract the next generations. Because we have to we have to put ourselves out there. We have to let them know that the stereotypes are out the window, although they're still there. And I think it's going to be very difficult to still break those stereotypes. And you think about a plumber. The first thing you think of a you know a guy with cancer down in you know <laughs> you know it's not good. It's, but those stereotypes don't exist anymore. Well, so I think the more we put ourselves out there, keep keep keep. Keep pushing on social media and getting in front of people and speaking to them. You do a great job with all your lives and you, you go to training places and Yeah, but what you said is true is that I end up end up I end up speaking to our trade already. And yeah. like for example, we see television and radio and social media ads for colleges, the military yeah. Truck driving schools. I mean, like they're all there. We don't see commercials and advertising for blue collar. Like we don't see, you know, let's go down and be a plumber. Be a plumber today. And and we don't yeah, see a television. Yeah, we don't see any of that. And and we end up speaking to ourselves, promoting blue collar, but we're still not reaching the mass audience in their homes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That would be something that your group, uh, and what group is it that, again that you're? Um, yes, the, the women in HVAC are Canada. So women in HVAC are Canada. That might be something worthwhile to be able to say that you know Jess is going to change the way we advertise and promote, mm-hmm. and. We need to go mainstream. Like, we need to go to radio ads. We need to go to, you know, Sirius XM, or we need to go to the television or a billboard on the side of the wall, you know, a giant billboard for, you know, your HVAC career could be $100,000 or $50,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a hard question because I ask it every time and. And it's uh, something that we need to think about because my generation is going to retire soon, which is your dad. Your dad and I are not that far apart. And then there's going to be a hole and people are going to wait for service calls and they're going to wait for construction projects. And even a three-man shop like yourself or three-person shop like the one that you work for and your family owns, you're buried. Yes. Yeah, we're maxed. Do you have plans just, to hiring somebody else? 
Uh, I I do eventually. Probably when my dad retires, just because I don't think he, I don't think he's willing to have another person with us. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm ready to 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 grow a little bit to, and to grow more technicians, and hopefully there'll be women technicians under me. Why not? Well, so yeah, the intention is to grow a little bit, but also to keep it small, manageable. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier about what you can't be, what you can't see. Mm-hmm. I love that. That that should Absolutely. you're going to have to get a tattoo that says that um, <laughs> with a troll. Um, yeah, there you go. With a troll. But thing I, mean, I mean, like campaigns where you you know you can have the the woman with you know working in her in her working gear and then her with her I don't have these but her Louis Vuitton purse or whatever you know you can't have the purse if you can't afford it you know and well it's blue like blue um, careers are lucrative careers right and there's like like HVAC Hannah um, Ruth Gill over in Europe I always yes. give shout outs to her she's a, oh my god she's amazing um, yeah. who there's I'm trying to think who the other ladies in the trades are. Um, they always, Ruth Gill always comes to, to mind. You, um, Hannah, um, Hannah yeah. there's a lady down in Australia that's a, that's a, an electrician and she does amazing stuff too. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe that's something we need to focus on as a trade is the way we advertise and getting young women. And so it's, it's exciting to see the, the group that you're a part in, a part of now, what is their goal? What is their direction? What is their, um, you know, what are they looking to do? Yeah, we're we're hoping to get more female techs out there. And because there's so few of us right now, our organization is going to be supporting and helping all, uh, all women in all HVAC-related jobs. So those can be um, manufacturers, suppliers, distributors, in offices of HVAC companies, but the goal is to get more women techs out there. We've got a couple of ladies that work with the women in um, apprenticeships in various provinces across Canada. So we're hoping we're, we need to find one in British Columbia, but we've got one in Manitoba and in Ontario. Um, and it's really uh, we just want to see more techs, women techs out there. So eventually, once we become a bit more established, we are hopefully going to go to career fairs and go to speak to high schools um, and just push the message out. Yeah, we've got, we've got a long way to go. We're, we're so grassroots. Um, but we're very thankful because we've partnered up with the women in, H, in HVACR down in the U.S. who have been established for about 10, 15 years. They're helping us sort of get off get off the ground and get started basically. So we're, yeah, we're very, very grassroots. We've got a long way to go, but we are very excited for where we're going. And the goal is to get more women techs out there. So have you met Colleen Keyworth? I have not. Isn't she, I think she's somebody that's involved in HVAC in the trades and women. And I know Pam Duffy is. Who are some of the other people that you're dealing with name wise? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Pam is definitely one of those. Um, Colleen, I think I think I have met not met with her, but I've um, I've been talking with her. She's fantastic. You're gonna love her. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Um, you know, I'm having a hard time finding women in, in HVAC specifically. There's a couple down in the States. Um, but there's, there's a lot of plumbers and a lot of electricians and even welders mm-hmm. that I've been able to find on Instagram. But HVAC people, there's very few of them, especially in Canada. There's one that works for, um, like in the hospitals mm-hmm. up in Ontario. Um, and she's, she's been qualified for a couple of years now. But I don't know, like, I'm definitely not the only person out there, so mm-hmm. why are, why can't I find them? Have you seen... Put uh, yourselves out there, ladies! <laughs> have you seen Barbie the welder? Yes, I sure have. Oh my god, you see the stuff that she does? It's beautiful, she makes beautiful it is artwork. so cool. And she's so inspiring, like, you listen to her yeah. talk, and she's, what I like about her is, she's just down home, like, she's, the way you see her is the way she is, I at she least... Is- so real. Yeah. Real is the, the great word yeah. I was looking for. So Barbie the welder. Um, well, that's cool. So if you, you know, we're kind of wrapping up. We're coming up to 45 minutes. It went by fast. <laughs> the what, what you said about you can't be what you can't see, is that something that you live by? Or do you have something that your grandfather taught you? Or like people will ask me, what do you live, you know, what's your thing? And I'm like, risk the... Do the right thing and risk the consequences. And whether doing the right thing might get you fired or it might yeah. get you promoted, but you're doing the right thing. Is there right. something that you live by that you can share with us that helps you get through w- your day? Yeah. I would say um, do do the thing that scares you anyway. Oh. Do Growth. Uh, life happens outside of your comfort zone and a lot of things are going to be scary, but do them anyway, because you'll feel like a superstar afterwards. And I, I'm a very, I feel like my default setting is nervous. I'm always nervous about everything that I do. Um, even riding a motorcycle, it's the scariest, scariest thing in the world, but it's so amazing. And if you don't give yourself that opportunity, you, you don't even know that it exists. The feeling of getting off a motorcycle afterwards, it's incredible. And it's the same as uh, repairing something, fixing something that, you know, last year I had no idea about. And this year I'm like, oh, whatever, I can just fix it and change your V-belt and adjust this tension. And you would never have known if you hadn't have given yourself the opportunity to try. So. Well, and, and before we go, make sure you give another plug to your, to your organization. And how is there a website that they can get a hold of? Is there a number where women in Canada can get a hold of you at? We have a website. It is www dot No, what am I saying? www dot dot ca. And you can also find us on Instagram, women in hvacr. We have a little pink logo. It's very cute. So find us. Tag us. I I do run the Instagram for them. So if you tag us, I would love to repost about any woman that you know in HVAC field. Mm-hmm. Help me, help me find them. <laughs> and that and, and if you want to get a hold of her on Instagram, you can do so at HVAC Jess. That it's HVAC J E S S. It's going to be a Tinkerbell logo. Uh, you'll see it. It's quite original. I love it. And so you can get a hold of her at HVAC Jess. Um, and if you guys really want to get and you're like still lost, you can get a hold of me through my email at hvacreeferguy at gmail.com. You can send me 
uh, any questions you might have for Jess, and then I'll get them forwarded over to her. Of course, I want to thank all my wonderful and amazing sponsors. I want to thank SEPCO, and I want to thank Cool Air Products, and Interplay Learning, and NAVAC, and Choice, and Police Security Lights. You can check them out. Uh, again, uh, SEPCO is SEPCO.com. Cool Air is CoolAirProducts.net. Uh, NAVAC is NAVACGlobal.com, NAVACGlobal.com. Uh, Choice Refrigerants and R21A, uh, drop into R22 is ChoiceRefrigerants.com. And flashlights, if you want to see some really freaking cool flashlights, uh, check them out at PoliceSecurity.com. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around the world, and people who have been listening to me for a while, they know. Like, reach out to the person around you, the people around you that need a hug. You don't know who they are, but they could be a neighbor, a friend, a family member that could be struggling. Just reach out to them and just give them a hug. I also want to thank my charity of choice for 2021. Um, that is St. Mary's Food Bank in Phoenix. So if you live somewhere that's got a food bank, like $5 or $10, $20 can feed a couple of families it's amazing what the food banks are doing. So really, you know, $5, $10, a dollar, whatever it is, or you can't afford anything but volunteer time, go down to a food bank near you and volunteer. As always, work safe, be safe, be great humans, and we'll see you next time.